And so we're talking today about how to not get burnt out with people. And um, I'll tell you, as a pastor, uh, this is one of the areas that almost kicked me out of ministry. It was so important for me to get these pieces and understand the thinking that God had towards people and his mercy and his grace uh, to be able to handle them, mercy to be able to forgive them. Mm -hmm. uh, so important. And I'm going to give you some of the things the Lord walked me through that helped me stay in ministry because uh, it wasn't just that I was upset and frustrated with people. It was that my heart was being ripped and yeah. torn because I was taking a little bit too much uh, of a wrong view towards people, not just in, an, in a bad, like, I don't like you type sense, but I was, allowing, I was allowing too much of my heart to go towards yeah. a certain attitude. And it, it was me putting myself out there when the Lord wasn't telling me to put myself yeah. out there. I'm going to discuss some of those details with it right now and uh, talk about it. So let's jump into this. Uh, we're talking about avoiding burnout in general and uh, ways to avoid burnout. And yesterday we talked about keeping the anointing fresh and flowing. If you don't keep the anointing fresh and flowing, uh, you're going to burn out. You're at the very least going to have uh, be severely weighted down. Mm -hmm. But today it's talking about how to deal with people. And uh, so uh, one of the things that I want you to look at first is you can pull up Isaiah Chapter 46, verse 9 through 10. Isaiah 46, verse 9 through 10. We're going to see here a, a character and a nature of God that's very important for us to know as uh, ministers and as leaders. This was actually one of um, the first things that the Lord ever said to me. And here's what he said. When you're looking at people and when you're dealing with people, I want you to see their end from their beginning. Mm -hmm. You're seeing them at their beginning of eternity but you need to see what I see in them. I see their end. Yes. Read that scripture, if you would. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things long Remember the former things long past. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. So see here, the Lord not only sees the end, and he sees the beginning. He sees both of them, and he says, but I'm not declaring where you are now. I'm declaring where you're going to be. Yeah. I'm declaring who you are in the Spirit. Now, it's interesting because a lot of times as leaders, we will see our end mm -hmm. and, we and we try to act like we're at that place now. Obviously, that's a wrong thing. No, you need to grow to that place. That's where you're going. I can remember seeing things where I was even called to be a pastor. And when people would not treat me like a pastor, even though I wasn't one yet, I would, my flesh would want to be offended right. with that. I'm not at that end yet. I'm not at that marker yet in my life. Life, I shouldn't be getting offended because people aren't 
that, you know, treating right. me like that. Listen, I, be, I am a pastor now and, and doing a lot of stuff, and people still don't treat me like a pastor. It doesn't end with people in that way. So don't, don't get offended because people aren't treating you like the end. But when you're dealing with people, you don't just need to see where they're at. If I saw where you were at and I treated you like who you were when you first got here, you, you would not be the person that you are today. And my job as a leader is to help influence, take you by the hand and lift you yeah. to that declared end. But I also love what you see the Lord here say. Is He says, I'm declaring the end from the beginning. He says, my purpose, this is the Lord saying this. He said it, how, how much power is in his words. He's saying it. My purpose will be established. Yes. My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all of my good pleasure. Yes. So you see that the Lord has a heart to not just show you where you could be. The Lord has a heart to show people where they're going and to get them there, yes. right? That's the Lord's heart. And if we're going to take on our proper role in leadership, our heart should be to be a part of what the Lord is doing and see that end and help people get to that end in their life where they're called to be, Amen. right? Um, this is very important because if I can't see in you guys, if I can't, if you're, if you're, uh, in ministry with me and you're connected with me, if I can't see where you're going, how am I going to speak the word of the Lord that will turn into the life of God and the strength of God for you to get there? You won't. If I couldn't see where you were going, I could have never spoken those things, right? If I couldn't see where Buddy was going, I couldn't have spoke those things. If I couldn't see where my children are going, I couldn't speak into their lives. I've got to not just see all the junk that somebody's going through right now, the pit that they're trying to climb out of. I've got to see where they are once they climb out of that pit. Yes. I've got to see with eyes of faith on that. And if I'm not doing that as a leader, then all I'm going to do is talk about where they are and prophesy where they are. And the weight of where they are is just going to grow yep. instead of getting broken off. Yes. Right. You see that. So anything. No, I mean, it's just so important to be future focused when dealing with people yes. instead of in the moment focused. And that's this whole subject so many times has tripped me up and has almost knocked me out of ministry. Yes. More times than I really care to talk yes. about on here because I was not, my eyes were not developed enough to continually see. Yes. Like I could see moments and glimpses of what the future would look like with people, but then a circumstance would come up and I would look more at the circumstance right. than I would at the future. Right. And what even recently within the last year, I talked to Pastor Nicole about it. I realized I was starting to dread different things that God had called me to do yeah. before I got there. And I had to like choose to put on faith with it because I was doing what you're saying. Yes. I was taking too much weight and looking at a current circumstance more than yeah. the potential of what God could do. So it's vital for people to know how to navigate this yes. so that yeah. way they can continue to help, but also not have their own destinies yes. derail. Correct. I I find that many times is when we are, see, and this is why it becomes important to be quick to forgive and to have preconceived forgiveness ready and, yes. and available, right? 
is because if you don't have, if you're not quick to forgive and somebody does something to you, then you will be meditating on the offense, but you won't be declaring their end. Right. Right. It's very hard to declare their end when you're offended in the moment. Right. And so as a proper leader, you have to get over yourself. Yes. It's not just about forgiving and you being free from it. But for me to lead properly, I've got to get over myself and be able to the guy that just, you know, caused me a lot of heartache, you know, cussed me out, whatever, just did something really dumb or whatever. I've got to be able to speak into him. Yes. In that same moment, without having my flesh pulling me out of faith, right? Mm -hmm. That's what a leader does. A leader, this is what the Lord does with us. Think about us. Who of us was doing the right thing when Jesus died for us? Right? None of us. Right. It was when we were all messed up. Romans uh, Romans chapter 5 shows us. It was when we were all messed up. When we were sinners and helpless and enemies of God that Jesus died for us. So how would he have been able to die for us had he not seen while we were messed up what we could become? Yes. He wouldn't. He couldn't have. He couldn't have. This is a heart of God and this is a heart of leadership. Now think about that. If I'm not able to do that as a leader, if we're not able to do that as a disciple maker, right? If we're not able to do that, then I'm going to see that person as a hassle. Yes. I'm going to see them as a burden, which means I'm now going to be burdened because they're not helping me. They're burdening me. And that's going to burden myself. Yep. And so I can get burnt out by not having that proper approach. Yeah, and there's no hope. Like that Correct. we're supposed to be Correct. able to give an account for the hope that's in us. And what I realized that I've done in the past is I've spoken to people without hope attached to Correct. it. And Correct. And so if I'm not giving them hope to cling to, they're not as a leader, they're not going to rise to their potential. Yes. Because they don't think they can. They don't know what they're trying to achieve. Like yes. they just I know for me. I just thought I was always going to be the same way I was and that I couldn't overcome it. And so I needed someone in you, Pastor Nicole, other leaders who have been, I needed those people to believe the best in me when I couldn't see the best in myself. I couldn't have an account of hope in me because I had no hope to cling to. Your hope for me gave me something to tether myself to because it was the Lord. Amen. Uh, Miss Chris said, timely message as always for me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. So now think about this. <laughs> think about this. So I'm sitting there as a young pastor. I'm seeing the end from the beginning. I'm looking at all the people and I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing them and I'm, I'm wanting them now. I've truly given my heart to see the end from the beginning. I've truly given my heart. But I'm watching people now over a couple of years And they're not even close to their end. They're not moving towards their end, it doesn't appear like. Have they even started? Do they even care? Like, I'm trying to help you. Help me help you. And I started to get really, really frustrated. Yeah. I started to get so frustrated because I was like, 
is anything like I'm seeing the end from the beginning, but it's not working. It doesn't appear <laughs> like I don't like something's wrong here. Right. And and one I remember one of my constant thoughts was, and I don't, I don't really think this anymore. Uh, but during that period of time, one of my constant thoughts was because I corrected it with what I'm about to tell you. Uh, but one of my constant thoughts was, I want this more than they want this. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to grow more than they want to grow. I'm more interested in them being blessed than they're interested in their, them being blessed. I don't think that anymore. And the reason is, and that was very frustrating to me. I'm like, I'm trying to help you. I'm like, come on, come on, you know. And I'm trying to help, but it wasn't helping. Right. And here was the issue. I said, Lord, what's going on? I was like, something's wrong with this. Something's not right. Help me see what I'm doing wrong so I can help. Uh, because, you know, your decisions are not my decisions to make. Right. But as a leader, I do play a big role in influencing you and helping you and lifting you up. Yes. And I knew I was doing something wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And here's what the Lord brought me to. Uh, he said, he said this. Uh, uh, here we go. He said, don't forget where they're coming from. Don't forget where they're coming from. And this will help us to judge growth. Mm -hmm. In other words, so I'm sitting there thinking like on Sunday morning, man, they're not even paying attention. They're half asleep. They're, you know, they're, why are they not listening? I want them really, really engaged. Like what in the world is going on? Like you should be excited about this, doggone it. You yeah. should be happy. Why aren't you happy? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe the leader. <laughs> Maybe the leader's giving off some bad vibes there, you know? And uh, so, why aren't you happy? You know, and so I'm sitting there frustrated because I'm really wanting them to help, but they're not wanting to help themselves. And the Lord said, don't forget where they've come from. Yeah. And he said, listen, that guy's sitting here on Sunday morning. Three months ago, he was hung over every Sunday morning. Yeah. He's here. He's here. Yes. In other words, don't forget where they've come from and pay attention to the steps that they are taking, right? And at this point, I, I wasn't fully aware of this scripture, but Romans 8.13 has become such an important vo a verse for me yes. in leading people. And if you would read that, Romans 8 and verse 13. Yes, sir. Sorry, I should have had it ready. Um, Romans 8, 13. And just the end of it says, but if. Yes, sir. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body or deeds of the flesh, you will live. So one of the things we see here is this is a very good context. He's saying, look, if you're living by the flesh, that's that's not good. But if you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, that's good. Notice here it doesn't say the speed, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and as a leader, I was judging people based off of the speed right. of them putting to death the deeds of the flesh. It doesn't say that there. But he says, basically, if they are actively making progress, and this is what the Lord said to me, if their direction is towards Christ, mm -hmm. then you need to you need to be happy about that. Yes. Because that he said, listen, even though they're not running as fast as you want them to run, if they just keep going, they will reach me. Yes. They just need to keep going. So encourage that in that keeping going. Yes. If they'll just point towards me and keep going, they'll get me. They'll reach me, right? Yes. And uh, I, I said this the other day. I was I was talking to Dylan. He and I were talking and, and I was telling him the Lord brought this up about the prodigal son. I said the prodigal son had just come from the just come from the pig pen 
he still stinks. He still smells. Yeah. He still got problems to work out, right? Yes. But was the father sitting there and as soon as he saw him say, man, you got to get cleaned up. You got to fix this. You got, no, the father was just thrilled he's there. Yes. He was just thrilled he's there. Don't be condemned because the devil's telling you that you haven't been moving fast enough. Don't be mad because the people that you're leading are not moving fast enough. At least they're there. The father's happy about that. You should be happy about it. And all you want to do, now if they're sitting stagnant and they're not moving forward and they're going backwards, that's a different classification. But if they are, even if it's baby steps, they're moving forward, you should rejoice. Yes. and praise God, don't forget where people are coming from. Yes. Don't forget that. Well, and because you brought yourself up as an example, yeah. <clears throat> there, I was just thinking about it the other day, the difference between the culture of boomerang right now yeah. and the culture of boomerang six, seven years ago. Yeah. And there was... Let, let's say 10 years ago. 10 years Not ago. Not quite so close. D- 25 <laughs> years ago. No. <laughs> Like, a while ago. Yeah, okay. Uh, And this is not at all, like, to shine a light, but just as a testimony of what happens when a leader gives themselves to the revelation that you're preaching on. And you, uh, pastor has always been a phenomenal pastor, but there was, as the revelation of the two parts of life came alive in you, and as this really came alive in you, the ministry shifted. Yes. And so I was I was just meditating on the way in, thinking of what pre-service prayer used to be like. And yeah. pre-service prayer, people would come in, and we had so many new people here in Boomerang. We, right. we had people who were coming for so many different walks of life and really weren't super hungry for the things of God yet. We were establishing Correct. that culture here in the body. So pastor would come in, and prayer would be like flat, yeah. dull, dry, not really passionate at all. And he would need to steer the ship. He would need to change course. But I, as someone who was close to you, I could tell that it frustrated you. Sure. Like, and and yeah. I'm sure you admittedly said so. But I remember being in those times and I'd leave them yeah. frustrated with myself, frustrated with the people. Not your fault. I'm not casting blame, but this was coming alive in you. Versus now, like what I was thinking on is pastor doesn't really correct us like that anymore. Like, does pastor correct us? Obviously you correct yeah. us, but yeah. the Lord right now is bringing up, you do it with such love and such, gen- you've always been a man of love, but you, how you correct now yeah. is full of so much hope and life and the frustration in you has been stripped out yeah. that it's it's yeah. the people are eating it so much easier now and we're now there's a culture of hunger and honor in yeah. this body because you gave yourself to what you're preaching yeah what i'm saying yes. played into that had i not given myself to it i would have still been frustrated mad pastor i mean that's So if you're a leader right now and you're hearing these things and you've recognized, I haven't been a leader of hope. Man, what does that mean for the people under me? How long is it going to take to change things? It may take time, but God is able to build a foundation that's so strong. 
strong and so yes. resilient and so honoring because he's faithful. So the discouragement of the realization, the condemnation that could try to come of, I have not been a good leader. Pastor's yeah. always been a good leader, but even in the small changes, God can turn the whole ship around yes, that's right. and he's faithful to do it. So don't be discouraged. There's hope today that even if you've been the worst of the worst, God can turn you into someone that leads with excellence. Amen. Yeah, that's very true. And that, you know, when you lean on the Lord, it's like what we were talking about yesterday, utilizing the anointing. I was trying, the part of the issue was I was trying to fix it. And, and I wasn't I was at trying all trying to, to point. Oh, no, no, you 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 were very nice. I was worse than what you said. But the point is that I was trying to lead it by my own self, by logic, instead of allowing the anointing to get involved in that way. And a lot of it had to do with our culture, which is what we're going to talk about tomorrow is the power of avoiding burnout yes. through the right culture. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Culture has a ton to do with this issue. And when we shifted culture, the Lord showed us what to do to shift culture, even though we didn't fully know what we were doing. We were just being obedient. The Lord led it to the place where it was so much easier and so much better. Mm -hmm. But this was a really, this was a frustration point because I I wanted people to go faster. I wanted them to be stronger. Because you love them. Because I love them. Because I want the best for them. And, and I was just like, it, Lord, you are... You've got to help me here because I'm really frustrated. I want the best for them. And and then, you know, the Lord kind of brought this question up to me. He says, who do you think wants the best for them more, you or me? And I was like, uh, <laughs> you, obviously. Yeah. He said, he said and, and then he said this. He said, do I get actively involved in their life if they don't want me to? Nope. Nope. He said, no, I'll stay out of their life. Yeah. Um, when they are hungry for me, I'll get in their life and I'll help them. He said, but you need to look at, God's so merciful. He's so loving. You need to look at the fruit. Mark, he says this. Uh, she said, what are the signs of us moving forward versus being stagnant? Seems like a definition that could vary based on people's opinion. And that is true. And the, what I've found is the Holy Spirit will show the leader, and they'll have a knowing of it. There's many times where I've gone to a person, I'm like, you need to deal with this. And they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't see, I don't see that, Pastor. I think you're wrong. You know, I, That's what they're thinking. They might not say that, but they're thinking that. And then time goes down. And they're like, you know what? I've been exactly that. And yeah. that was the Holy Spirit showing they weren't moving forward in that, in that moment. Basically, if it's exactly what Romans 8, 13 says. If the deeds of the flesh are get, getting put down, right? If you're putting down the deeds of the flesh, then that means that you're moving forward. Yeah. That's, that's what you're doing. And you're looking for that. So I'll ask the Lord. This is what I'll do. I'll ask the Lord. Lord, um, show me where they are. Mm -hmm. Show me what they're putting down. Why you know how they're doing. Uh, so, like, in my, since Marky asked the question, use her in it as an example. There were some things that she needed some healing on. There's some things, and it was uh, there was a period of time where it's like her flesh would rise up, and and then it get handled over a period of time. And then there was a period of time, you know, then several years passed, and her flesh still rose up. 
The difference was this. When her flesh rose up at the beginning, it would take almost like a month yeah. for it to get solved and back. Today, if her flesh rises up, it, it's she's putting it down within hours yeah. or minutes or literally seconds, right? That's a step forward. Yes. It may have taken some time to get there. May I think she would even say maybe longer than it should take. But that's basically all of us, right? But the issue is that's progress. Yes. That's progress. Because now, you know, we... At that point, before healing really hit her heart, well, I, I need to talk about some sensitive things. And it's like she wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. And then now I can talk to her about some of the most sensitive things. She just handles it like a champ. Yeah. Right? That's putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Now, in the meantime, from the beginning to now, there's multiple times where she could go, I just feel like such a failure. Right? But that the issue is... She's not. She's advancing. She's moving forward. And as a leader, I, I needed to show her that. Yes. Like, you're moving forward. You are growing. Yes. You know? I see that. I see that. Basically, everybody on here, I see that. If, if, if I don't see that in you, then I'm going to come to you and have a yeah. talk. If you're not putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Now, there's something that we'll get into when we talk about sheeps. Sheep, goats, and wolves. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, and you'll see something that w you can use to convict yourself right. over this, right? But uh, uh, specifically, this is if pastors constantly having to solve your issues and you're not changing, not just he's helping you solve issues, that's fine. But if you're not changing, yeah. you're not making the changes. In other words, you're getting corrected on the same thing over and over and over yeah. and over and over and over again, right? Uh, that's a problem. So, for example, in that same example with, with Marky, um, basically what I talked about three years ago will still be kind of my same advice now, but now that advice in her is received and she has revelation of, yeah. and I'll simply remind her of that revelation and she'll go, yes, that's right. Here's where to apply it. Yep. Whereas at the beginning, she didn't have that revelation and she didn't want to apply it in that growth. Now she sees the revelation. She's grown in revelation. She sees the need to apply it quickly, repent quickly, make the step quickly. So I'm saying the same stuff. So somebody in their flesh and condemnation can say, you're still having to tell me the same stuff. No, no, no. But it's totally different. Right. Because at that point, you didn't want to receive it. Now you do. And you're moving and growing and you're handling these things by the Spirit of God in yeah. you. That's different. So, but if you're if you're not actually change, having a heart change on that, that's not putting to death the deeds of the flesh. And if I'm having to tell you the same thing for the next three years, that's a you know, problem. next six months, that's a problem. We should be quick to repent. Yeah. And if we're not doing that, that classifies us as a goat, yeah. basically, what I would call a goat. And that leads us to the next point. If you want to avoid burnout with people, don't waste time, energy, and resources. Mm -hmm. Don't waste time, energy, and resources. And one of the biggest places you find this is the difference between sheep, goats, and wolves. Yes. Sheep, goats, and wolves. All right. Now, interesting thing. So let me just define these 
kind of scripturally, okay? Uh, first of all, you have the sheep and the goats. But you see a lot of times that they're together, right? And But you see that there is, you see that the word kind of gives us the context of separating the sheep and the goats. The sheep are the ones that are in the family of God. They're in the flock of God, but they want to grow and they want to change and they want to produce and have fruit. The goats are the ones who are in that flock, but they're the loudest and they never change, right? They're the loudest and they never change. You don't want to be that person. So if you're, you know, if you're hearing, you know, the same advice for years and not changing your heart, right. not changing your heart on the matter, then that will classify you as a goat. One of the things that I did as a pastor is as a pastor, uh, and that's not necessarily a biblical context of sheep and goats. It's just a way for you to see a context to be able to separate the two different groups. As a pastor, when I first started, I thought everybody that comes into the door is a sheep and I need to serve them all to the utmost. But that's not true, and I'm going to show you a specific verse that shows that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you a specific verse on that. But what I would do is, man, whoever would call, I would respond and try to help. And I about burnt myself out. I mean, I was burnt out over that. And nobody was changing. So one of the things that was happening was they were, by doing that and not utilizing the anointing like we talked about yesterday and I discussed in detail yesterday, letting them draw on God instead of drawing on me, I became their source, which meant the load and the burden was on me. Right. Right. I wasn't casting their cares or mine on the Lord. I was taking it on myself. Well, that's a major problem. And I was getting burnt out. But what I found was all of the work that I was doing, nobody was changing. Right. And the reason was because I was dealing with what I would classify as goats. They were loud. They were the squeaky wheel. But they weren't changing. I would tell them what to do. I'd get them out of a jam. I'd help them out of the situation. But they wouldn't change the thing that got them in that situation. Yeah. So they'd fall back in the ditch, go right back to that place, not change, not put to death the deeds of the flesh, and then be the loudest about it. Right. And I realized these guys are sucking all the energy out of the ministry. Meanwhile, the sheep that actually want to change, that are applying these things, I'm not giving them the attention they actually should get. Right. The, the sheep, the ones that want to change, that's what's going to help grow the ministry because I will teach, train, and equip them to do the work of ministry. These guys are not wanting to change. They're not wanting to do the work of the ministry. They just want a magic pill. Yes. They just want to win the lottery spiritually. They don't want to change anything. Thing. And and so I needed to let those guys go. If you want to go, go. You're wasting and taking away resources from the sh from the sheep. Right. And and I need to let them go. And that was such a major major revelation. So the other thing that you see in Matthew seven fifteen, Jesus literally says that the uh, be beware of sheep and wolves clothing. Most people, when they think of a wolf, they think of somebody in the pulpit, mm -hmm. 
They think of somebody coming and preaching the wrong gospel, stripping money and resources right. from the sheep, stuff like that. They think of a wolf like that that's only out for their own good. Notice that Jesus didn't say, "Beware of sheep in shepherd or beware of wolves in shepherd's clothing." Right. He didn't say that. He said, "Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing." These are people that will come into the church and through division will will pick off the sheep, get a sheep over by itself, get them in isolation, and then then uh, prey on them. Right. right? And, and a lot of times the wolves don't even know they're a wolf. They don't know it. Right. They think they're being a good sheep. They think yep. they're being a good Christian. And they're so, they don't know the word. They're not, they haven't changed and repented quickly. And because of that, they've been led into deception. And now they're acting as a wolf. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as a pastor, I need to be, I need to understand that. I need to watch out for yes. that. And of course, you don't let uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing be behind the pulpit either. And the, the Bible talks about people that will do things just for their own gain. We're kind of talking about that a little bit in the forfeits and counterfeits uh, message. But there are people that will be for their own gain that preach the word. Uh, But, and you have to watch out for that. But uh, the main thing that Jesus was saying there is beware of the sheep that are actually wolves. Yes. Right? They look like sheep. And so you, I've watched many times, that's where we will actually get into in Acts uh, 1 and verse 4 through 8. This is where you really avoid my ministry mentality. Yes. There's, I would say three things that you really want to watch. Somebody who spreads division, right? Who's, who's dividing and, and, or somebody who's in a wrong form of flattery, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you are awesome. You know, Pastor, I don't think he sees the stuff. It's still a form of division. But they're either, I don't know if I agree with Pastor like that. I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, Pastor says this, but I say, right? And the people that are in my ministry, my kingdom mentality. So in Acts chapter 1, you see that the disciples spent three and a half years uh, with Jesus. And then he's, he's now resurrected from the dead. And he tells them about the Holy Ghost coming. And then he says, hey, when the Holy Ghost comes, you're going to receive power. And instantly they go, oh, is it at this time that Israel will receive her kingdom back? That basically, is it at this time that Israel's going to rise and put Rome down? And they're only thinking about their country, yeah. their kingdom. And, and you'll see this equated in my ministry, right? And people that come in kind of with their spiritual resume, here's where I've been, here's what I've done, you know, my ministry, my kingdom, like that mentality will turn somebody into a wolf. Yep. Right? And as a leader, you have to recognize who's carrying that. Yeah. And the word literally says, mark the people that cause division, division like that, dissension and division. You want to mark them. In other words, you tell your leaders, hey, you need to watch this person, what they're saying. Yep. Right? And if need be, you tell, you say that person in front of the whole congregation. Yes. You call them out in that way. A lot of people don't think you're supposed to do that. The Bible literally tells you to do that if somebody is that dangerous. And so I've had to have personal conversations with the church. We get done with service. I turn off the mic and, hey, this family talk. We need to talk. Yeah. You know? That's okay to do. 
Don't do that without wisdom, confirmation, and wise counsel. Don't do that. But you can see that, yeah, you can see that when people move over in that, this area, anytime I see somebody, what we call parking lot ministry, like they're trying to prove themselves that they're strong. They know somebody. They pull somebody inside in the parking lot talking to them, right? They're isolating the sheep. That's the marks of a wolf. That's the marks of a wolf. And as a leader, you have to deal with that. Like, that doesn't mean that they are a wolf, but that's the marks of it. That's right. the symptoms of it. So you better, if you're doing that, you better think through what you're doing. Yep. Especially if you're in a church that knows what they're doing, because a church that knows what they're doing will call that out yep. and get you kicked out, uh, out of your out of your place because you were not wise and you were not submitted. If you got a word for somebody, the best thing you can do is take it to their life group leader, take it to the pastor, uh, and you give it to them, they will know what that person needs because they're more inti- intimately involved in their life than you are. Yes. Right? So out of just honor and proper flow, don't be a wolf. And a pastor, don't feed all the goats, right? Don't feed all the goats. It's very important for us to understand that. Go ahead. I've been talking for a while. There are so many <laughs> places to go ahead, though. Like I, I'm sitting here trying to discern from the Lord what to talk on because yeah. it's it's so much more dangerous than people recognize. Like Marky put in the comments that this part is really challenging her flesh. This part of the broadcast is challenging the part of her flesh that wants to be friends with everybody. And <laughs> I, I understand yeah. that because we we are called, as you were saying, we're yes. called to believe the best in everyone. We're yes. called to see the end from the beginning, but we also have a responsibility to protect the cover and to Correct. protect one another. Yeah. Like we're a part of a company. So I, though I believe the best in people, I'm not just going to willingly allow part of my company to get plucked off by a wolf who means destruction, whether they're intentionally doing it or not, because I love them that much. And here's what I've seen pastor do in these moments when we've had wolves try to come into the congregation. Pastor has lovingly given them opportunities to change. So again, you don't just go and brand someone because you saw them make a misstep in the parking Correct. lot and pull Correct. them off to the side and and just assume that they're the worst. You give people chances to change, opportunities to repent and turn. But if they're unwilling to change, if they're unwilling to um if they're unwilling to change and become who they're called to be, then that's where you escalate it per the Bible. As the Bible says to bring alts to one another, pastor's done that time and time yeah. and time again. But it's only after an unwillingness to change Correct. do you then yeah. go to a congregation and take it that way. Like I yes. remember early on, there was a point in ministry, very early on in me being here, there was a point in the ministry where you had told us, be aware of my ministry mentalities. And we saw a lot of them coming through the door. And there were people who left the church, leaders in the church, co-leaders who 
would wrong who accused me i think their words were that i was a bird dog for yeah, you guys like yeah. I, you were just sending me to go spy among the people i've still right. heard that testimony rather recently of people just thinking yeah. i'm spying i'm not spying i live your life yeah do whatever god's calling you to do yeah. but if it's touching the company if it's hurting the body yes. there you have a responsibility as the leader to Correct. then take care of it because you're the head. Yes. Why would yeah. we just allow poison into our body? Like, yeah. why would we just go and drink something that means us harm? Why would we just let a murderer come into the house and right. go shoot up? Well, the murderer's acting nice today. He's restrained himself. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's a murderer. Yeah. The, we're not playing that game. Either repent and get healed or get out. Yeah. But yeah. we don't play around with that because it's serious. And so placating people's feelings, that's not the priority in the yeah. kingdom. It's protecting the sheep, and you have a responsibility to do that. I do. Yeah, there, that is a responsibility of a shepherd. You know, when he talks about uh, the Lord's Prayer, he, he talks about a rod and a staff, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you have the rod and the staff. You have one to actually uh, protect people, and then you have another one to beat back the wolves. That's the two sides of that. And one of the things that you want to understand is that's a responsibility and a role, and it's not something that we are supposed to just let stuff happen to the sheep. No. Like, that's ludicrous. You yes. Know? And, but... A lot of people could receive healing if they humbled themselves and recognize what the changes are and submit to the place where they're planted. Yes. And like you've never been yeah. quick to do that. I've no, never no, no, seen no. you do that. Yeah, no. But if the Lord says do it, I will. That's the difference. And since we clean that up, ministry's gotten easier. So, so much. it's not been as much of a burden and we've not been burned out because uh, we've we've actually done what the Bible tells us to do. Right. It's very important to do that. So you don't want to see people. We if we're operating properly, we're coming together as a body. There's not cliques forming, even in life groups. Like like you mm -hmm. don't have you don't have well my life group and your life group. Literally for years, <laughs> we actually prayed in front of every service for a local body of Christ. Yes. And we lifted them up for years to set the tone of this when we were first getting Revelation. Yep. And we would say to the congregation, we're not the best church. We're a part of the best church. Yes. And we still believe that and live by that today. And we still lift up and pray for other ministries. But that was something that we actually worked on to set our mind and to set our heart towards that. Well, that's the same way we need to be individually in that body. In other words, don't just pray for yourself. Pray for the people around you. Yep. We should be moving towards being unified, not being towards cliquish or isolated. Right. And we shouldn't see one person like just isolating another sheep. No. That's the symptoms of a wolf. And we should see uh, not goats. We shouldn't just see loud people that never change. You know, yeah. people that always want help, but they never change. They're always going to need help, yep. right? I remember um, this is this, and this burns out so many leaders yes. and so many pastors 
because they don't know the difference between these two. And, and why are you here in this day, even if you're not a pastor? Because you're called to make disciples and deal with people. You're called to rise up and be a leader of functioning teams and building teams and things yeah. like that. And you're going to see this in those groups. You have to understand this is a natural dynamic in a corrupted world. Yeah. And we have to deal with it. You can't avoid it. No. You have to deal with it. And so by knowing these pieces, it will help you. Well, so. and there's a strength to have. Yes. Like I, I was just thinking, and the example I'm about to give, I'm not calling this person a wolf. I, I'm not even going to say the name, but yeah. I, I was talking with Pastor Nicole this weekend about how to handle a situation with someone, and the person has continually been had divisive speech, yeah, and divisive thoughts and different things. And Pastor Nicole's response for how to deal with it is, you cut it off. Yeah, stop. The conversation. Yes. End it. Yeah. Don't participate with it. And there's a time. Yes. You, again, yes, we love the people, but there's a time to be strong. Yes. Because yes. what happened? Like, not ugly. Not ugly, but strong. in love, yeah. strong. We're, yes. I'm not participating with this anymore. Yeah. Because they may no longer be a wolf. They can have received salvation, yeah. but they can have wolf-like habits Correct. that can then great, suck them back that. into yeah. that lifestyle. Yeah. So if we are allowing the habit to continue, it's actually not hurting us. It's hurting them. Yes. It could hurt us if we let it, but Correct. it's hurting them more. So Correct. truly loving the person is stopping, allowing that to be around me. Yeah, because the seeds that they're sowing there are going to have a harvest until they change that. Yes. And so it's important to bring those things up and pull those things to the surface to be seen, especially as the Holy Spirit leads you yes. in that way. And so uh, it's funny because in different conversations, conversations I'll talk more about the goats in this one I'm talking talk more about the wolves in this case but we want to understand that all of these things are designed to burn out the leader as well not just to hurt the sheep and hurt the individual but designed to burn out the leader as well mm -hmm. so think about it if the leader handles wolves quickly and confidently without being ugly and they stop giving all of their time and attention to the goats and then they're going to have what they need. The sheep are not going to be getting picked off. Right. And the sheep are going to be getting the resources that they need. And they're going to be growing. Yes. And now you have people to help you to minister to the rest. Yes. Now you have room for it to grow. You have room for people to come in and do more things. Yes. Right? So this, is, this helps us avoid the burnout. Here's the other thing. We don't want the my ministry mentality, my kingdom mentality. Again, I'll say somebody comes in with their spiritual resume, hey, I've been here, I've done this, I prophesied this to this person, everything. Like whoop de do. I that's the worst thing you can ever <laughs> tell me. Like the, your gifts will show themselves. Yes. Your gifts will make room for you here without question. Your marketing will shut the doors, <laughs> right? If you have that my ministry, my kingdom mentality and be aware of that, notice that. Now, somebody can come in and that could be the habit of everybody they've always been around, but quickly change that. In other words, they start there, but then they're like, 
this isn't right. I'm just going to relax and I'm going to go after God. I'm going to plant myself and go after this vision. Then they can change. I've seen people change quickly. I've seen some people that won't change that and they don't need to be around this environment. Like it's not going to, it doesn't mesh. It's not godly in that way. Here's this, and this is from John 21. When I saw this, this helped me so much as a pastor, is the feed the lambs and sheep and only shepherd the sheep. Yes. Now, this is something, when you look in John 21, this is the passage where Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he asks him three times, do you love me? Peter says, you know I do, Lord. And each time it looks like, I always kind of had it in my head, it looks like Jesus says, uh, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Right. But that's not actually what he says. It actually, when you go back to the original language, it's very similar to that. But it actually says this. It says, feed the little lambs, Mm -hmm. the small lambs. Feed the grown sheep. And then it says, shepherd or oversee the grown sheep. So notice who's not shepherded, the little lambs. In other words, everybody that comes in the door, you feed them all. Make sure as a leader, you have good food. Mm-hmm. You're carrying a good food with you. You're imparting who you are, which should be good food. Make sure that you have studied to show yourself approved. You're carrying good food in your words. Like if you're not doing that, then you're missing the first part of this completely. Every shepherd, every leader should be carrying good food. Yeah. And think about this. Leaders, when you go into a meeting, you should have good food for the people in that meeting, even if you're not a pastor. You should have leadership principles. You should have discipleship. You should have wisdom, and you should be hearing from the Holy Ghost. You should have words that feed people. Yes. If your words are only tearing down people, you're not feeding them. You should have things that feed them. You know, It's like uh, Sunday at lunch, after we finally found a restaurant that would hold us, um, at lunch, the Lord said, I want you to share this. And if you remember, if you, if you were listening at lunch, whoever's sitting around the table, the Lord said, tell them how I spoke to you and how that changed the course of the message. Yes. The, me- the word that he gave to me and the scripture he gave to me, I thought it only was for this part of this sermon. But he turned that, he gave that to me, and all of a sudden, by me listening to that scripture, he made that the main scripture in a new message that he gave me. And I shared with them that. I, I want Every time I sit down, I want to have good food. Now, that means the people have to be hungry for it. Right. And they have to want it. Because if they don't want it, I'll just be quiet. Right. Right. But I have food available, but they got to be, they got, they're only going to be filled if they're hungry. So there's a, there's a responsibility on both parts. You know, a lot of times I'll see people just overlook. Uh, I, I've watched, I've been at some uh, places where there's the main speaker, the leader, and, and all, I've watched pastors literally go around and all they do is socialize in a meeting afterwards and the main leader, the one with the revelation knowledge and anointing is sitting there by himself. Nobody's pulling on him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, have you lost your mind? Like this is this is an opportunity. Go sit down and ask questions. Like just let them talk. Just sit and be ready to receive. And they you know? probably think it's honoring giving him time, like in some way, shape or form. They're like, you know, give him time. He just ministered. 
He he needs to rest. Yeah, the, I, he yeah. won't want me near him. I'm going to go over here and talk to other people. So someone more important than me. It's like a false humility. There is. Yeah, but that's also, and that would be a, a bad understanding of the word too, that it was mm-hmm. their power doing it. And if it was their power that was doing the ministry anyway, they're doing it wrong. Yes. But he needs to be operating by the Holy Ghost, not by himself. But here's by his strength. But here's the thing. Okay, fine. Go sit down. Mm-hmm. Don't don't sit there. Don't ask him a trillion questions. Let him talk. Let him be at ease. Right. That's what I. That's what I try to do. I'll ask questions if I have them. But I'll say basically, hey, is there you know anything you you're you've been thinking about? What have you been ministering? What's the Holy Spirit been speaking to you? Is a great question. What's the Holy Spirit been talking to you about? And then just let them talk. Let them go at their pace, right? Mm-hmm. If they, if you're concerned about that. But I've watched people that you got to be hungry for those things. Many times I'll be sitting there with something to say, but nobody's asking. Nobody's, they just want to talk about football or whatever else, but nobody's thinking about the things of the word. That That's where you want to be that person that's hungry, like a sponge, yeah. ready to receive. But at the same time, I, as a shepherd, I want to have good food. I want to have I want to have things that are available, and I want to bring good food everywhere I go. All right, now when you see this, he basically says, "Because here's what I did: everybody that comes into the church, I got to shepherd them all." So I started trying to give advice to everybody. Yeah, I started. Hey, because I would know by the Holy Ghost, they need to do this, they need to do this. There was an anointing to shepherd and give that stuff to everybody, but I would find I'd give it to somebody, they'd react weird, and they wouldn't go do it, and then their life would fall apart in some fashion, small or big. And uh, and I'd be like, if you'd listen, you'd have it, but they didn't want it. They were the immature lamb. Mm-hmm. My job is just keep feeding them. Yeah. Don't force oversight and shepherding into their lives. When they're ready and mature, they'll come and start asking. And that's why we have a statement, ask early, ask often, right? And ask, don't tell, right? Is there another one? I feel like there's ask, four of those. Wait, ask, 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 ask early. early, ask often, and ask, don't tell, right? In other words, a lot of people come, they just tell their pastor everything. Come with questions. Mm -hmm. Don't come with statements. Come with questions and do it often and do it early before you concrete in an idea that's not even of God. And when I find somebody that's asking questions like that, now I can start overseeing their life. So I'm looking for those people. I'm looking for the ones who are asking questions in humility, Mm -hmm. ready to be a good sheep and not just a goat. Right, mm-hmm. ready to not just be a little lamb anymore that just needs food all the time, because a lot of times people would come into church or they'd come into your teams and they would still be a little lamb, yeah. and you can't tell them what to do. They don't have the maturity for that, yeah. and when you do it, you'll lose influence with them. You try to you try to shepherd an immature lamb, you will lose influence and they'll leave. Mm-hmm. Just keep feeding them. Just keep feeding them. Right. I started laughing because I I used to be someone who would come with statements. I probably still have <laughs> habits of doing it that I don't recognize because I'm correcting it. But I started laughing because the Lord was showing me right now that when people approach with statements, it's often a form of manipulation. 
Correct. Because you're coming in trying to, before a question happens, you want to sway that person to your way of thinking so and, yes. and give them leverage so that they'll already side with you. That's correct. So the majority of the time, if we're not bringing the question right out front and letting the leader ask us questions if they need supplemental information, yes. it's probably manipulation some way. Yeah. So if you if you need to know if you're a question or a statementer, ask. Um, <laughs> you don't need to give like 10 sentences of preamble first. Just no. which one am I? <laughs> yeah. Marky said this whole broadcast is coming against the everybody gets a trophy mentality. <laughs> no. <laughs> Makes me laugh. <laughs> no, they're not all the same. You know, I, you know, I like No the, trophy for yeah, you. <laughs> I like the statement, you know, I don't like this statement, but I like it when it's combined with the full one. You know, everybody, there's a lot of people that say it's all uh, level at the cross. It's all level ground at the cross. That's true. Everybody's a sinner. They need a savior. But after the cross, it's not level. There's mm-hmm. a rank structure. Not everybody gets a trophy. And uh, that is very true. So, and then, um, this is great. Michael said, I'm hungry. God has been showing me a bunch of things that I was blinded Amen. on. Amen. What a great statement. That's awesome. We prayed so, for that. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. So, all right. Uh, as you do this, as you, because if you try to shepherd the little lamb, you're going to, one, they're going to go away. Now they are a future grown sheep that won't be able to help you. That adds more weight to your shoulders. Yeah. Right? You also will not be able to help them. You lose the influence, which is the most important thing. Your job is to help lead that person. And now, because you've not followed scripture, And what Jesus said to do, you've actually hurt that person and lost the influence he tried to give to you. Right. Right. So I'm looking, I'll basically just let people be until they start coming to me and asking questions. And then that hungry person gets filled, right? That humble person gets grace and more grace. And so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those people and every leader should be looking for that. Here's the other thing, and this helped me so much with people is because I thought everybody that came in, everybody that came in, um, they're sheep. I've got to serve them to the best of my ability. I've got to believe the best about them. Uh, that All of those things were wrong in that way. Love believes the best, right? But it doesn't believe the best based off of presumption. Love believes based off of faith, which is always based off of the word of God. Faith Mm -hmm. comes by hearing and hearing by the word. word. So I'm not just believing just because I want somebody to be a good person. I'm believing because God told me what to believe about them. So I'm I'm in fellowship with God hearing that. So I would have people come in. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped showing up and everything, and I would chase them, and I would chase them down. And in my head, I would be thinking, uh, well, uh, love goes and finds the lost sheep. Jesus leaves, leaves the 99 to go find the one lost sheep, right? That's a word. That is a word. <laughs> but, and so I would, but I thought that everybody that left was a lost sheep, mm-hmm. right? I thought everybody that left was a lost sheep, and I, I was having a problem with it, and I was really under pressure with that and under a burden for that and it's like because then I'd go try to find the lost sheep they wouldn't return my text it's frustrating it takes long they're hurting my heart yes they're hurting my heart you know yes and uh, I would say man I really want to go find this lost sheep but the lost sheep's not letting me letting me find them they don't want to 
And that was it. I said, Lord, what's wrong with this? He said, I told you to go find lost sheep. A lost sheep wants to be found and wants to go home. Yep. <laughs> uh, he said, I didn't tell you to go find rebellious sheep. Yes. <laughs> and that, he said, I told you to go find lost sheep, not rebellious sheep. Yes. A lost sheep wants to be found and wants to go home. A rebellious sheep doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh my goodness. And it brought so much revelation and so much relief of pressure in that moment. And so I many times, and people probably wonder, why aren't you chasing that person? Because they don't want to be chased. Right. They don't want to be chased. They don't, they're not lost trying to get home. If they were lost trying to get home, they would be reaching out. Their words would be different. But no, when you have people that say, I'm never going back. I don't want to go back. That's not lost. That's rebellious. Yes. <laughs> right? That's saying, I know what Lord said, but I don't want to do this. And so I'm not doing it. Right. right? And until that heart changes, they're not classified as lost. Right. And so I can't help. And so I would make sure that I would identify, are they, in, are they lost or are they rebellious? And so you'd see me help some people, and it's like, why is he helping that person? That person seems so rebellious. And the, and the Lord said, no, they're just lost. They they lost their way on this item, but it needs fixing. Right. But another person's like, man, you didn't go chase them down. You could have so easily chased them down. I know, they're rebellious. Right. And that's the difference, because I would know things that other people didn't know. And as a leader, if you spend your hours and your time and your energy chasing rebellious sheep, it's going to hurt you. So, yes. Anyway, one last topic about dealing with people, and this is huge, is what I call the heart paradox. All right? The heart paradox. And here's basically what happens. If I, This is the thought process. If I open myself up, I'll be hurt. But if I don't open myself up, I won't be able to serve well. Right. And this goes to Marky had a question earlier that she was talking about, like, man, this is she's like, I want to open up to everybody. Right. So this this addresses that. And, and it helps us to understand this, because this is really where I was at. I would open myself up completely to the people that came into church like I would totally give it give my heart to them. I'm like pulling them out of a ditch, pull them out of the hospital, pull them out of this financial thing a week ago, and then they get offended the next week. And then I text them. They just stop coming. They they don't say anything. They stop coming. I text them. They don't even return my calls. Right. They don't return my texts. They don't say, you know, I would have some of them say, I'm just not coming back. Well, why? What's going on? They wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't do anything like that. And I'm like, what in the world? And after a while of this, man, I just felt my, like my heart was being shredded. Yes. And I was hurting. And I was like, this is the issue that almost caused me to step out of ministry. Because I told the Lord, I, I literally, I wrote it down. Lord, if you don't help me with this, I don't think I can make it. This hurts too bad. It hurts too bad. Yes. And and the issue was I was giving my heart. Uh, it's right to open your heart to people because if you don't, you can't serve them in the proper uh, proper way. You have to open up your heart to them and keep your heart open to them. But there's certain areas where you need to let go of that. And what I was doing was after they were gone 
and being rebellious against that, I was allowing my heart to still be out there and be trampled by the rebellion. Right. Right. And I open up my heart until a certain point, but then I've got to learn how to disconnect my heart quick. Right now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't receive them back. I absolutely will receive them back. And we've had a lot of restoration and we've had people said, you, you love people more, more. You love people in ways I've not seen before. We've had that testimony many times, but you got to be willing that when their heart changes from rebellious to lost sheep and they want to come home, you're not holding it against them, right? Your heart's still open. But if they are in that rebellious and they're leaving. You gotta, you gotta let your heart be cut off from that because of this. And and here's the principle: never in the Bible does it show us that the wrongdoing of one person gives us a right to do also do wrong. Mm-hmm. Never in the Bible does it show us the wrongdoing of one person gives us a right to do wrong. Right. So now think about this: if somebody leaves the church wrongly. And I let that get me down. And then my being under pressure and under that burden then imparts to the people that are still there. I've let that wrongdoing now be trickled into the people that aren't doing wrong. Yes. And that's on me. So I've got to detach their wrongdoing and not let it get into the people who are doing right. They're still there. They right. made the right choice. Right. They're planted, right? But I can't be, and, and this is what I found, I would be so hurt by people that that would be sensed and imparted to the people that were still there. And then the wrongdoing of the one person multiplies into the whole body. Yes. That's wrong, and it's not right. And the Lord showed that to me. And, and I went, I can't do that. That is so wrong. Why would I allow the wrongdoing of the one person to affect all the people that did it right? That's not right. And so I realized that was on me. Right. I had to let go of that heart. So you'll watch me. Like, I will love you as long as you want to be loved. As long as you're hungry, I will, I will give the filling of the anointing and the word to anybody. But if you decide that you are not tethered here, you're not planted here, I will let you go. I mean, and I'll do it that fast today. Like, and that, well, that seems heartless. No, it's not heartless. It's actually having more heart to the people who are making the right decision. And if you made that decision not to be tied, that's on you. And I'm not going to let it affect me or anybody else in that way. I'm not being overly protective. I'm just being very plain. Yes. And, and I've learned how to let that go in a split second. Does it hurt my heart? Yeah. I have, I, I instantly, if that happens, I instantly go to the Lord, Lord, help me heal over this. Let me let them go and let them be be blessed wherever they let them be blessed in Jesus name. Let your blessing be on them. Let them see the light. Let them walk in the fullness of, of what they can, what you want them to have, Lord. Let them be blessed. But now my job is not them anymore by their choosing. Yeah. And my job is everybody else who's left here. And so my job is not to spend days and weeks chasing them down. And some people say, well, that pastor never called me. Did you talk to them before you left and come unbiasedly? Right. Like it's not just the pastor that does it. Actually, the pastor still has a job. 
you left your responsibility, mm -hmm. right? And so when I recognize that as a leader, that really hel helped yeah. me. So again, never does one wrongdoing give someone the right to do another wrong. We can't hold back from who is present because we are hurt from those who left. Mm -hmm. The Lord helped me to see that their choices were not my responsibility and to let every weight associated with their choices go. Yeah. Cut it. Cut that weight off of me. I'm not carrying the weight of their bad choices. Yeah. Listen, can, as a leader, can you choose for the people that you're leading? No. You can't make that choice. And, and if they made a choice, you didn't make it. It's not your responsibility. Now, you could have influenced their choice wrong or right, and I would yield to the Lord and say, Lord, what can I learn from this? I do that every time. Lord, is there anything I need to learn from this? Yeah. Because I want to yield myself to the Lord and be humble and see how I can influence people better, how I can help them better, how I can lead them better. But I didn't still, even if I did it wrong, if they still made the right, the wrong choice, that's still on them. You see, that's on them because they could have made the right choice. They could yeah. have come and talked about it. They, most people don't in that situation. So this is why it's so important for us to be able to quickly let the weight of their wrong decision go. Put it in the comments. Cut the weight off from their wrong decision. Yeah. Cut the weight from their wrong decision and let it go. Amen. Cut the weight from their wrong decision and let it go. This is the responsibility of a godly leader. Yeah. A godly leader doesn't hold on to the weight and let it sink them and pull other people with it. Right. Cut the weight and let it go. They made a choice. Cut the weight and let it go. Yeah. Now, if they turn from that wrong choice and they turn lost and not rebellious, mercy, give mercy. Give forgiveness. Allow them, if they have true heart change, allow them to come back. Yeah. Get replanted. Praise God. Restored. Amen. Yeah. Uh, be quick to do that. And this is something I said. We have to let go of them, but be ready to connect again if true heart change happens. And we must believe for restoration. Yeah. Don't kill restoration for someone in your heart or with your words. Yes. Most time when somebody makes a bad choice like that, I've found that the leader will talk about them, will the leader will be because they're hurt, because they didn't cut that weight. Yeah. And they let that hurt drag them into that place where now they started actually speaking bad words. Yeah. They started in their heart, even if they didn't speak wrongly, in their heart. They kept it as a weight. Yeah. And because they kept it as a weight, if that person ever came back, they'd look at them with suspicious eyes, a lack of mercy, and a lack of restoration. We can't do that. Yeah. We have to keep our heart clear, our heart pure, and that means if they came back in today, you would be ready, and they had true heart change. If they don't have true heart change, they can't come back. They can't come back if they don't have true heart change. But if they have true heart change, they can come back and you'll receive them eagerly, yeah. right? Don't cut your heart off and, and not the words. Remember what Noah's sons did. When Noah messed up, 
the one who made fun of him got and exposed it got in trouble. Yeah. But the other sons, in all of godly character, would not even look on the sin, but covered him up so that nobody else could see it right. either. That's the heart of God. And I want you, I want to give you this, because a lot of people don't know this. All right, hold on. And then if you have anything to wrap up. Yes, sir. A good leader will take the blame even when people do wrong. So when I'm covering up somebody else's sin, I'm not trying to look to expose it. I may share what to my leaders what they need to know about the situation so they are in the know. So if they have any questions and stuff like that, they know what actually happened. I may share with them. But for the most part, I am not, even with my leaders, I don't expose everything. You don't. I don't. I don't expose everything. I try as much as I can. If somebody messed up and they sin, I'm going to do everything I can to keep that, to keep it covered for their protection. Yes. Why? Because if they, here's why. If they repent and they change and have true heart change, I don't want them to be judged for that mistake in the hearts and minds of people in the future. Let them have a place for restoration. A true leader sees that and understands that. But here's what that means, though. That means that if that person who did wrong is going around talking wrong or somebody sees the situation and I'm not defending myself, if they see that situation, I'm not defending myself, then it could look like I'm hiding something. Yep. I am. Their sin. Yep. You see what I'm saying? And a, and a mature person understands that. So if somebody does wrong, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm not going to tell everybody what they did in order to defend myself. God is our defender. God is your defender. Don't seek to just tell everybody's wrong to defend yourself. Don't do that. Right? Jesus could have pointed at all of our wrong and defended himself from the cross, but he didn't. He, he chose to carry that sin and actually carry it and didn't defend himself from the cross, didn't come off of that cross so that he could bring healing into our lives. Yeah. So a lot of times a leader's position shouldn't be to just defend themselves and to tell everything that, that somebody did, but look for the heart that says, no, as much as I can, I'm not going to expose that. Now, if exposing that will help and protect the sheep, then I've got to do that. If I need to do that to protect the sheep, then I'll let that go. But that's the only reason. As if it protects the sheep, that's the only reason. So I've had many times, when you see things go on in churches, I've had many times where people have gone and they've left, and, and people are left going, what happened? What are they seeing? And see, the devil puts fear in there. What are they seeing that I don't see? Am I being being blind to something? And now they let fear get in there. And that's where you feel the need to defend yourself. A lot of times I won't do that. I'll say, hey, there were some decisions made, and uh, we don't agree with those decisions. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to expose that, what I consider to be sin. I'm not going to talk about the details of it. The Lord will tell you what you need to do, and this is what I'll tell people. This is really good for leaders to see and to get. Watch the fruit. Look at the fruit, not only in that moment, but ongoing for a period of years. Who is like this and who's like this, right? Watch the fruit. The fruit will tell you about the root. The fruit will tell you about the root, and you watch that fruit. It's very important. So 
Anyway, go ahead. Well, Hannah put in the comments, and I'd, I'd like to speak to it if, if I can. Hannah had put in the comments what to do if someone's on the other side. Like you were talking about, and you've already addressed it, so I'm not taking away from anything you said. But basically, what happens when you're coming into a situation, you're already hardened. Like your heart wasn't soft towards someone. Yeah. You were already hardened. And I've been, like, this has been one of the main areas I've needed to fix in myself because there, however you get there, whether it's from family or former friendships or whatever, I don't know a person who doesn't have opportunity to get hardened. Yeah. Like we all face, have faced various things, yeah. but no matter our background, we can't allow, as you were saying, we can't allow someone else's wrongdoing to determine how much of Jesus we can receive. And when I was really challenged with this by, you know, someone who chose to leave and it, it seriously, like it, it did damage to me. Yeah. I was on the phone with pastor at one point in time in a parking lot and you were telling me, Barrett, you've got to keep yourself open. You've got to keep your heart open to other people. And I literally told you, I don't want to. I would like to only connect with you, Pastor Nicole and George. I'm done. (laughs) Like I I truly was. I was done with other people. It, It hurt. It hurt badly. And what you told me is if I did that, I would miss out on so much of Jesus yes. because Jesus is not isolated in the three yes. of you. He's found in so many others. Yes. He's found in in the person who hurt us. He's still in there. Yeah. Like if yeah. they're born again, he's still there. Yeah. And there's still reasons to praise the relationship before it turns sour. There's still things that we can look back on and say, well, praise God, this happened. Yeah. There's still opportunities to think on things worthy of praise. Yes. And so when I was at my hardest, when I did not want to lead people and I was done and this was not like I I didn't have the murky time, the murky revelation where I got it in a second and I turned around like this was years. Yeah. What helped me break out of it was truly forgiving and truly letting it go yes. because I as someone who's been there I, when I would meet new people, I was holding the other people's wrongdoings against every other person I was encountering. I was judging other people because someone else screwed up, because someone else got deceived. And I was predetermining, you're going to get deceived and you're going to get deceived and you're going to get deceived. And it, it wasn't fruitful. It just cut me off from love. So I got more and more isolated feeling, feeling like I had no one, that my world's crashing around me because I cut off the supply of God and other people. And there's too big of a supply for us to say, I only want the supply that's found in this facet of the diamond. He's too good. And I was making myself my own defender and my own protector. So I was exhausted all the time trying to protect myself. Yep. And I had no, and I burned out exactly what pastor's talking about. So we think like there's this deception of I've got to protect myself and put up these walls. We're exhausting ourselves because we're not anointed to be our own protector. We're not anointed to be our own defender. Yeah. So we've got to truly forgive 
forgive people and then step into fellowship with God. Because in fellowship, God will tell us who to connect to. Yes, He'll tell right. us who to be in covenant with. Correct. He'll tell us how deep a friendship needs to go. He'll tell us how deep to give our heart to people. He's not just going to lead us astray in that. But we, it comes with forgiveness yeah. and truly trusting him and knowing yeah. he's got my best intentions at heart and he's able to heal. Well, and in that moment, you know, the reason, and I, I want people to see this too, part of the reason why mm-hmm. you got hurt in that moment was because you were going after something in the flesh, yes. a relationship in the flesh that actually the Holy Spirit was telling you not to go the full distance. Yep. And I w- had told you not to go the full distance. And instead of coming back and asking questions, you didn't. You just assumed. And it led to that, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so the Holy Spirit will show you, like, for example, in that same situation, you were wanting, you were wanting uh, a friend and a confidant for life, yeah. right? You were wanting to find that special person. Yeah, we're not talking yeah. like a boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, we're not talking that. Yeah, this no, is no, no. just a friendship. A friend. Yeah, friendship. You were wanting to find that. And you let that override the voice of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. saying, you didn't have the word of the Lord saying to put faith in that. No. But you were putting faith in that. On the on the opposite side, I, I and Nicole were sitting there going, and the Holy Spirit was telling us, don't go all in on this. Mm-hmm. Don't. There's something there, and if it doesn't get fixed, it's, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And it didn't get fixed, and it was a problem. So the Lord was saying that. So you want to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. And if even if you think about this, this is the beauty of God's system. Even if you're not hearing from the Holy Spirit well, you should have a pastor who is. Yes. <laughs> and if you go and ask those questions, ask, ask early, ask often, and ask, don't tell. If you go and ask those questions, they can help guide you right to that. Yeah. And if you'll humble yourself in that way, you can avoid it even if you're not at the place to hear it properly. Yeah. You can still avoid it if you have a good planting. And uh, that's the beauty of God's system. So in other words, he doesn't leave us alone. Yeah. You're not alone in this, even if you feel like unqualified. But we talked about it yesterday. You're adequate. You're able, but you're also able with yeah. the uh, interdependence of the body that you're planted in. Yes. So utilize that. Utilize that body. Don't just keep going on your own. Yeah. Well, so, well and so. with the assumption You've got, we've got to be wise not just to do everything you're doing. Yes. Like you have specific leading, specific direction from the Lord. So my assumption changed right. because the Lord had you in this person's life connecting in a way that looked like you were becoming really close with them. So because yes. I, what I could see, my limited perspective as Correct. a sheep what I could see is you pastors are, yeah. yeah, what it looked like is pastors are connecting. It's safe now. I'm going to do what pastors are doing. Right. They're with them. I'm going to be with them. Correct. Thinking I was still following you. So yes. just because we may see something, our interpretation Correct. is not necessarily what it, it should not be what yes. we go on alone. I should have asked. I yes. didn't. I just thought. Yeah, I, I knew I right. spiritually there was still a weight there. And that it was not cut off of their life, and it had the potential to pull them down to the bottom of the sea. 
And I knew that, which it did. And I knew that. And so I was sitting there and I was connecting with them, but also was ready at any moment to cut the cut the ties. Yeah. And I was ready and I was prepared. And then it didn't bother me as bad. It bothered me. I didn't like it, but not like you. No. But the reason was because I'd been hurt like that before and I knew how to handle it better then. And that's why you got wisdom available to you in your spiritual family and utilize it, use it. So I want to give one more example of this is um, looking at the fruit, right? Watch the fruit. So a a couple of months ago when we were down in Moorhead City and I see Michael's on here, um, you'll notice that every night that I was there, I said, I asked this question, who gives the anointing to do miracles, heal the sick, win souls, and fire up people for God? Who can do that? The only one who does that is the Lord. And I did not know uh, until really towards the end of the week how much attack was actually going on. I didn't know that. But the first night I was there, the Lord told me to ask that question. And one of the things that you see is, what was I helping the people there see? There's a fruit here, yes. right? I watched as the Holy Ghost spoke directly to Michael. I mean, read his mail, mm. right? And, and utilized me to do it, read his mail. The devil doesn't do that Mm -mm. and doesn't bring the peace that he got that night, right? The devil doesn't cause people to be hungry to win souls. From that meeting, they've still been winning souls. They've been winning souls, winning souls at at Sea Stone Moorhead, winning souls. The devil doesn't heal and heal the foot and heal tendons like that. The devil doesn't lead people. Everybody that was there, I said, who has more of a testimony and a desire and hunger for the things of God? You've got a fire burning on you to go after God like never before. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody raised their hand. <laughs> Devils don't do that. No. That's a that would be really a kingdom divided. They don't do that. They draw away from that. But you had people that were outside that didn't like the move of the Holy Spirit and they were saying there's this this this. And meanwhile, they're cussing, they're ugly about it. They're they're being they're pressuring people and putting force on people. Look at the fruit, right? Look at the fruit. The yeah. fruit will tell you. And then you look at the peace of the people afterwards. That will continue to tell you mm-hmm. what's going on. Watch the fruit. So if you ever have a situation where you don't know who's right or who's wrong, look who's in peace and look who has the fruit of God on their life. Yeah. And if it both looks the same, look at who's been carrying it for a longer period of time and been consistent because the fruit will tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. The fruit will tell you what's at the root. And that's so important when you're dealing with people. And uh, I hope that this has really blessed you on how to how to deal with people and not get burnt out as a leader and, and help share with you some of the intricacies of a church family and, and what it looks like and what you need to know about that. And today I felt led not to just jump through this really quick, but to take our time and actually take some time to dig in here a little bit, go into more detail, and because there's this will really help some people. There's some people that'll catch this video, see this video in the archive as well. 
that will it'll really save yeah. their planting where God planted them. It'll save them and keep them yes. planted instead of them running and cutting ties uh, when they, when the Lord wasn't telling them to do that. So I hope that helps you. We love you so very very much. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the power of culture to help bear the burden and not get burnt out. And so look for that because this is the culture is one of the biggest things ever yeah. in not getting burnt out. Is if you can change the culture to the culture of heaven, it will actually lift the burden and and not put a burden on you. Yes. So we love you so very much. Let me pray right now. Father, right now, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, every burden that people have carried by being a leader, a pastor, whatever it is, Lord, whatever burden it is, Lord, remove it now. Let it come off of them Lord, right now, freedom come. Yeah, I see it. It's happening mm-hmm. right now. Thank you, Lord. Let it come off of them right now in the name of Jesus. Let the weight of condemnation come off. Let the weight of legalism come off. Now receive that. Just say this with me out loud. Just say, Lord, Lord, I receive right now. I receive right supernatural now. Help supernatural help and strength help. from you. Strength from to you. let go of legalism. To let go of legalism compar- concerning people. Concerning people. I let go. I let go of condemnation. Of condemnation concerning people. Concerning people. I let go of worry. I let go of worry concerning people. Concerning people. You're going to help me. You're going to help me. And I'm planted. I'm planted. And I have supernatural help. I have supernatural through help. Through you. Through you. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. And my pastor. And my pastor. And I receive it now. And I receive it and now. And I thank you for it. And I thank you I for it. I receive freedom. I receive freedom. I can leave this moment. I can leave this moment. I don't have to file everything pastor just said. I don't have to file everything pastor just said. And try to said. keep up with it. And try to keep up with it. The Holy it. Spirit will bring it up the to Holy me. The Holy Spirit will bring it up to and me. And he'll help me. And he'll help me. And I receive it. And I I receive it. Enjoy. Enjoy. And I let my face know about it. And I let my face know about it. (laughs) In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I felt that lifting. Yeah. Praise God. Michael said, I'm still walking in the glory, and that word was for me. Praise yeah. God, man. I miss you. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. You got to come to Kickstart. You got to get the, the week off or something and come. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So here's Abigail to wrap it up. Uh, she'll also pray over uh, any offering if anybody wants to give anything. We sow this broadcast into you, uh, but if you feel led of the Lord to sow and be a part with us and receive the grace in that partnership as well you're welcome to do that she's going to pray over it and bless it with the grace and the anointing that's on this ministry we love you we'll see you tomorrow we'll talk about avoiding burnout through proper culture we love you see you then here she is Amen. Yes, if you have it on your heart to sow into this ministry, to sow into this broadcast, you can scan this QR code to see all the ways to give. You can also go to giveww.org and let's pray over this seed right now. Let's attach our faith with it, not just for our seeds. Let's not just attach the faith for the seed that you may be sowing today, but for every single person sowing as well and rejoice with them with their harvest. Lord, thank you for every seed sown today. Thank you that they are sown in faith, that they're sown into good soil. And thank you that your word promises the seed sown into good soil must produce a harvest. And we put our faith on you, Lord, on your word and on every harvest that is coming 
It is coming quickly back into the hands of the sower, pressed down, shaken together, and running over quickly back into their hands. In Jesus' name, amen.